our week 18 slate starts off 4 30 p.m on saturday steelers at the ravens ravens already locked up the one seed nothing to play for here for them their starters are benched you got them yeah so i mean if you're playing week 18 fantasy football you know the lineups are going to get a little weird i think you can make a reasonable assumption that tyler huntley is probably a fringe top 12 quarterback this week given the quarterbacks that we know aren't playing and we've seen huntley play really really well before if he's mobile enough to just keep this offense moving the steelers are trying to win this game the steelers can i believe make it into the playoffs so they do have a they are going to be trying their best to win this game here um so i i expect the ravens to still put up a battle when we saw a similar game from them before before the Ravens won 18 to 10 almost identical situations Mason Rudolph was starting Lamar wasn't so Tyler Huntley was the starting quarterback there so Huntley pretty interesting play this week I think with likely probably having a pretty big role as well throughout the playoffs for this team we may see some play out of Charlie Kolar so he, he may be a decent option for lineups this week as well as you mentioned, Steelers, um, it's the first game of the slate, so they have no idea what's going to happen this week. And while a win does not guarantee them a playoff spot, it certainly gives them a shot. Regardless, Steelers are going full bore here. They absolutely need to win, and they're playing against the second-string Ravens. So could spell uh, some, some good stuff here for the Steelers' side of the ball. So again, if you are playing, uh, Pickens has been on a tear. The Mason-Rudolph connection is real. Pickens is finding himself in, as a low uh, wide receiver, too, for me, an absolute start. And then on the running back side, it, it's really tough to ignore how good the Steelers have been playing in the trenches. Both Najee and Jalen Warren find themselves as playable assets this week. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's week 18. It's going to get weird here. You're going to hear some weird names this week, guys. That is how it goes. Welcome in, JWB, the final crushing the competition weekly preview for the 2023 season. I'm Tyler. He is Jake. As always, we have a goal of hitting 2,500 subscribers by the end of the season. If you can, like, subscribe. If you haven't done so, do so while I roll this intro. Welcome. You're listening to JWB Fantasy Football. Thanks for listening. You know, as it is week 18, we'll certainly be previewing the games, but also wanted to sprinkle in some maybe like incentives, how the team's playoff odds are, maybe toss in a little, sprinkle a little dynasty takes in here as we want to kind of prepare for next year. Regardless, we're still going to run through it as we always do. We do have another Saturday game, and that's going to be the Texans at the Colts. Massive matchup here. Uh, I believe the winner wins the AFC South, must win for both sides. Colts. Yeah, like you said, must win for both sides. Winning team here make it gets a playoff spot. So realistically, you know, we got to see um, what goes on here. Uh, one of these teams will make the playoffs. So both teams are going to be full bore here with the Colts. Their offense is very, very simple to understand. It's Michael Pittman, it's Jonathan Taylor, Gardner Minshew, you know, decent, probably streaming option this week. But realistically, those are the guys you're going with. I know Josh Downs had some play last week. Alec Pierce has a game here or there in a must win game in week 18. I'm not starting either of those guys for my fantasy teams. Michael Pittman is the wide receiver one in that offense. Jonathan Taylor is the running back one in that offense. And we move on. And I think it's also important to note that the winner wins the AFC South, but the loser is also out. The loser of this game does not make the playoffs. So I think it, it is it is important on both sides of things. Texan side, I, I'm going for a massive Dalton Schultz game this week. Um, Dalton Schultz needs six rece receptions to hit a $250,000 incentive. He needs to hit 60. He's at 54. And he also needs 107 receiving yards to get another $250,000. So there's currently uh, half a million dollars sitting in incentives for Dalton Schultz here. He needs six receptions for over 107 yards. 107 yards might be a little bit difficult, but six receptions is absolutely in play here. You know, it is narrative driven, but I do like to think that there are NFL players out there that do know these sort of things. CJ Stroud is likely aware um, that Dalton Schultz needs these things. You'd like to think that it's going to go that way. He's probably a fringe start as it is, but with these kind of incentives kind of baked in the side, I have him ranked a little higher. I do think Dalton Schultz is a good play this week. It is, uh, it is worth noting that. Um, while uh, this game won't necessarily decide the AFC South uh, unless Jacksonville loses, whichever team wins this game will get a playoff spot. So these, this is still an absolute must win go. for both teams. The minimum, you know, be one of the wild card teams. Bucks at the Panthers. Bucks got to win to make the playoffs, and Panthers are already out. But you got the Panthers here. <laughs> Just stay away. I don't know what this game's going to look like. There's not many great options on the Panthers anyway. You know, maybe they let Bryce Young and, and co play it out just to, 
I don't know, build some momentum in the next year. Even if they win this game, they lock in. They, they've got the number one pick locked in. So there's no incentive for them to lose. There's really nothing they benefit from winning except for saying they kept Tampa out of the playoffs. So maybe they try a little bit. Chuba's probably still a fine play, but realistically, that's where that's where I'm stopping. I, I don't want anybody else. Um, so, yeah, obviously, big game for the Bucs. Go to win, go to the playoffs, uh, to make the playoffs, I should say. Really want to focus on Baker Mayfield here. He is in line right now for over a million dollars in incentives that can come his way. Um, right now, Baker Mayfield, he gets $300,000 if he finishes 10th in the NFL in uh, – in, um, was it uh, in yards per attempt? He's currently 10th. He needs to keep that. Uh, at the same time, he needs to get another $300,000 if he finishes in the top 10 of the NFL in passing yards. He's currently eighth. Another $300,000 um, if he finishes um, top 10 in passer rating. He's currently ninth. So he is on the fringe of $900,000 in incentives, folks. So I really expect Baker Mayfield to, to obviously know that, um, but also realize that, you know, he was probably, he was like the last kid picked in dodgeball this offseason. I think if we, we talked about this, where everyone had their quarterbacks, there was nobody left. Baker Mayfield goes to Tampa. There was conversation about Baker Mayfield not even starting, um, that they're going to go to Trask or something like this. And frankly, Baker Mayfield is the quarterback 10 in fantasy right now. So I think this is a twofold take here. One, I think Baker absolutely cooks because he has almost a million dollars on the line and in incentives and the Bucks need to win. And then also Baker Mayfield is a buy this offseason, folks. Um, I know there's a lot of folks that are, are very much aware how good Baker Mayfield has been this season, but I think he has proven to be a top 20 quarterback in the NFL. Again, he finished 10th in fantasy points. Um, if you're hurting at quarterback, he is the kind of guy that I would be looking towards. We've seen him do it in the past. We've seen some things go south for him. I think it's fair to say that his um, shortcomings might have been more on the Browns. Um, as the sample size is pretty clear here for what happens when you're a Browns quarterback and he succeeded outside of it. So not only do I expect Baker Mayfield to actually cook this week and have a top 10 finish, but I also believe that Baker Mayfield is a buy in dynasty and I would have no problem uh, moving to late first form. Yeah, it's Baker is the revelation of the season at quarterback, in my opinion, especially just looking at what his startup value was in the offseason. Like I was getting him well into like the teen rounds like deep into the teen rounds sometimes even as late as like 18 or 19th round just because teams players other managers didn't believe that he could do what he's done and i think baker has really proven that he's a good quarterback he is a serviceable nfl quarterback at worst and i he's going to be the bucks quarterback for years to come in my opinion browns at the Bengals, uh meaningless game here browns are in resting starters as it seems Bengals are out Bengals to you I just need to point out for my Bears fandom that the Bengals were mathematically eliminated from playoff contention before the Chicago Bears were just need to put that into the stratosphere really with the Bengals um, the only incentive of note Joe Mixon gets 100 grand if he scores two rushing touchdowns maybe they try and help him get that who knows realistically like Tyler said this is basically a meaningless game for both teams both teams are probably just playing for pride here that said Jake Browning he has stuff to prove we know he wants to prove stuff he's still probably going to try and sling it I don't expect Jamar Chase to, to play a whole lot or do a whole lot I don't expect T Higgins to play or do a whole lot so realistically you know Jake Browning is a fine fill-in if you're just absolutely struggling there but the Bengals for maybe the first time all year are, are kind of just a team that I don't really have much interest in this week Browns, uh, Stefanski's come out and said that he's going to be resting some starters, including Joe Flacco at this point in time. I just, I'm just, i not starting any Browns, frankly. If I can, I would just keep them all in the lineup. I don't think that. Even if, like for example, some of their guys that you would start start the game, I don't expect like a Jerome Ford to play the entire game if for some reason he does play. I'm just staying away. I think like if I had to kind of give you two deeper cuts here, I think Harrison Bryant uh, could have some run here. I got him in the top 15. I think he plays most of this game. We know he's a pretty damn good tight end, uh, Mackey Award winner. Um, and then uh, kind of an, a revenge aspect here is Driscoll. Uh, Jeff Driscoll yeah. is starting. The dump truck Jeff Driscoll is starting uh, for the Browns. And the Bengals cut him. He wanted to stay on the Bengals. I believe the reports where he actually took some snaps at wide receiver, wanted to play some special teams in order to stay with them. They still cut him. Could be a little revenge aspect. Like, why'd you cut me? Shouldn't have done that. Uh, and he plays well. We've seen Driscoll, you know, play serviceable, at least for fantasy as a rusher mm -hmm. in the past. So 
Um, again, I don't really think there's anything too interesting here from the Brown side of the ball, but there's a kind of a cool narrative there with Driscoll and Harrison Bryant, I believe, uh, can be serviceable if you are playing in week 18. I still believe in Pierre Strong. I'm going to keep Wyatt's love of Pierre Strong going and say that there's a chance he does something this week. I mean, he'd probably be the guy. Honestly, he'd probably be the guy that would get run. I doubt Hunt or Jerome Ford would get run. So I, I actually have Pierre Strong as my strength Browns running back. So something to think about, but I really can't advocate for it. Vikings at the Lions. Lions pretty much have nothing to play for here um, as their seed is set unless the Cowboys lose to the Commanders and the Eagles lose to the Giants, which uh, I would not bank on either one of those happening. So the Lions are pretty much locked into that three seed. But Dan Campbell has said, he is playing the starters, Lions. Yeah, um, really with the Lions here, you know, the starters are playing. There is an incentive to an extent to beat Minnesota. Um, Minnesota has to win this game to remain in playoff contention. So uh, maybe we see the Lions try a little bit starting out early. Um, but realistically, um, Josh Reynolds is probably the the biggest name here. Um, he earns a $250,000 uh, bonus if he hits six receiving touchdowns on the year. I believe he's at six, so he may already have that. Um, I don't know if there's any bonuses on top of that. But if Josh Reynolds gets 36 or more receiving yards, he gets another $250,000 bonus so josh reynolds may be may get a little bit more play than we've seen him as of late especially if the lions get out to a heavy lead here but you know realistically um i i don't expect the the stereotypical lions offense that we see here that being said you could still probably start david montgomery you could still probably start jameer gibbs if you have amon ra it's gonna be hard to bench him even if this Lions team takes a huge lead and benches those guys you're gonna feel worse if that doesn't happen than you do losing with one of those guys in your lineup and Sam Laporta needs, I think just one reception to break the tight end rookie record, pretty much banking on that happening at this point oh, yeah. in time. Um, but then Sam Laporta needs 217 yards to break the tight end rookie record less likely to happen here, but who knows? Um, could happen. Go to the Viking side again, as you mentioned, Vikings must have a chance uh, to must win to go have a chance at the playoffs. They're going to go full out. I think obviously Ty Chandler's in play. Obviously, Jay Jeff and Addison are in play. I think I do want to turn my attention to Johnny Munt. Um, he did have seven targets last week, and Hawkinson is clearly out. Uh, I think some folks might have thought it was Oliver, but it is indeed Johnny Munt. Johnny Munt uh, does fight himself in streaming territory if you must go there. And just to confirm, Josh Reynolds is at five touchdowns. So if Josh Reynolds gets 36 receiving yards and a touchdown, he makes himself $500,000. So I would put that down as a damn near lock. Jets at the Pats, both eliminated. Pats do need to lose to get a higher draft slot, but I would not expect Bill Belichick, Billy B, to just lay it down to the divisional opponent. Pats to you. Yeah, um, realistically with the Pats, uh, offense kind of stays what, what it has been. You're starting Zeke. It's basically where it ends there. Mike Kosicki does have some incentives, mostly tied to playing playing time, so he'll probably be pushing for snaps here. Um, he's currently at 49% of the snaps. If he plays 46% of the snaps on the year, 350K, he gets another 400 if he gets up to 53% of the team's snaps. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Mike Kosicki try and play every single snap this week. So if you know if Bill Belichick feels like giving Mike Kosicki a bone, maybe Mike Kosicki is in there on every downs. Pure streaming territory, as always, with the, anybody on the Patriots not named Ezekiel Elliott. But Mike Kosicki, I like him. He can't gritty, but I like him. Jets, as always, it's Brees. It's uh, Garrett Wilson. I expect them to at least play. You're just firing him up, and then we move on. Bingo. Falcons at the Saints. Um, the loser here is 100% out of the playoffs. That's a fact. Whoever loses the game is out, so they're going to be playing well. Um, both going to go full bore here. Um, the winner gets in with a Bucks loss. Um, Falcons can, um, what was it? The I believe the Saints can get in. Actually, I don't really know. I should have written this down. But anyways, it they got to play. They got to play. They got to win. They're not. The winner isn't necessarily in guaranteed, but they got to have a chance. It's uh, still on the early slate here. So, Saints to you. Yeah. So quick, uh, quick run through of what this, how this game matters. Um, so what's at stake? Atlanta will clinch the NFC South title with a win if Tampa loses. Um, the Saints clinch the title with a win and a Tampa Bay loss or tie, or if New Orleans ties and Tampa loses. So keep that in mind. And then if uh, Seattle wins, or if Seattle loses or Green Bay loses, um, or they both lose, then the Saints get into the playoffs with a win. So. With that being said, Saints side of the ball, 
pretty much probably going to be standard, you know, standard procedure here. We're looking at Alvin Kamara. We got to keep an eye on him. I don't know if we have an injury report for him yet. If he is out, Jamal Williams is definitely in play for me. Um, but otherwise, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid is a deep flex play if he needs some touchdown upside. Juwan Johnson got a ton of play last week. He's back to operating as kind of the true tight end in this offense. So definitely in streaming territory. And then Derek Carr in a pinch. Dude's been pretty decent recently. So if you have to throw him out there, you can do worse. Falcons, I mean, I'm probably start, I'm starting Bijan, probably starting um, London. Pitts absolutely stunk last week. I mean, if you got a – I'm just not starting Pitts. I'll start London considering where we are this week. There's not enough meaningful games that London, who usually sits in that, like, fringe wide receiver three territory, is now mm-hmm. like a fringe wide receiver two. But Bijan and London are getting fired up for me. Love the folks in the chat here. Toronto Dave, always good. Bada bing, bada boom. Bing bong. Josh, Roder, Roder, not what's up, man? Good to see what's up, you, Josh. Welcome into the chat. And Notre Dame, I did not see you. You're a Notre Dame fan, Josh. You love. To oh see yeah, you. big Notre Dame guy over there. We yeah. love it. We we absolutely do love it. We Welcome to the program. Yeah, I mean, we both. I mean, I do. I, I like Michigan Notre Dame, which I know some people would kill me for, but it is where I'm at. I digress. I digress. It's fine. Um, Jags at Titans. I believe Jacksonville needs to win to lock up the AFC South here. Um, yeah. They'll be out with a loss. Is that correct? Let me scroll and find it. Jacksonville Jacksonville will clinch the AFC South title with a win or a tie if Indianapolis and Houston also tie. Um, If Jacksonville ties and Pittsburgh loses or ties or a Pittsburgh loss plus a Denver loss plus a tie or a tie in the Houston-Indianapolis game. No, if that one doesn't end in a tie, then they can get it. So Jags have a lot to play for here. Most most importantly, Jags win, they're in. Um, that being said, Evan Ingram has to be in your lineups if you have him. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I called it last week, Travis Etienne, top five running back on the week. It happened. You're welcome. He's back in your lineups this week. And then at wide receiver, you know, I think you have to play Calvin Ridley if you have him. Like Tyler said, just not enough meaningful games this week, whereas this is a meaningful matchup, must-win game. Don't know if we have an update on if it's going to be Trevor Lawrence this week or C.J. Beathard. I think Lawrence was semi-close to playing last week, at least close enough that I would probably expect him to play if healthy, um, especially in a clinching game here. So realistically, Trevor Lawrence probably going to be in your lineups if he's active. Titans are eliminated, but at the same time, there is some stuff to play here for. I believe uh, Henry's a little out of reach. I think he needs like over 280 yards to hit it an incentive, but um, I still expect him to play. The real big talk here for me is going to be De- DeAndre Hopkins. Seven receptions for a quarter mil, 39 receiving yards for another quarter mil, and two TDs for another quarter mil. So there's a there's a world where DeAndre Hopkins goes seven for anything over 39. Let's just say like seven for 50. Uh, in two TDs, he makes seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So I do uh, as I I, I kind of ride that narrative in week eighteen because here yep. we are. Why not? Um, Hopkins wants seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and all three are easily within reach here. So I do expect Hopkins to eat. It's actually according to the article that I'm reading anyway, which is from Action Network. Uh, Forty nine receiving yards gets him another million dollar bonus. Okay. So he's actually one point five million on okay. the line for D Hop. You can bet your ass Mike Vrabel is going to try and get him that Mike Vrabel is a player's coach Will Levis at quarterback or Ryan Tannehill I don't care who it is D hop is eating this week and there's there's nothing Jacksonville is going to do to stop it they will do whatever they have to do to get D hop that those points D hops in in a way for a lot of money so I'm D hop is I'm I'm moving him into the top 12 this week he was like at 14 and I'm talking about it it's like he's going to eat let's let him eat it's going to happen it's going to happen Seahawks at the cards. The Seahawks will need to win to have a shot at the playoffs, and obviously the cards are out. Um, cards to you. Yep, Seahawks need a win plus a Green Bay loss or tie. Uh, a tie with a Green Bay loss or Tampa loss or plus Tampa loss or a tie with a Green Bay loss and a New Orleans loss. So Seattle has routes into the playoffs here. They are going to be trying to win this football game. As a result, we don't get too crazy here. Um Gino has a $2 million incentive as well if they make the playoffs. So you bet Gino is going to be trying his hardest to win the game here. We're not deviating from the course here, though. You're sticking with the same guys. I think JSN is the preferred wide receiver as opposed to Lockett here. Um, so for me, I would rank the three DK, JSN, Lockett. Um, and then after that, Noah Fant had some some decent usage uh, as of late, but I'm not going that way. I'm not desperate enough to do it. Kenneth Walker, 
basically a must start if he's healthy. Do we know if he's healthy or not? He didn't practice Wednesday. We're still waiting on reports for today. So we'll see. But obviously, if he starts, we're fired up. Yep. If Kenneth Walker plays, you're firing him up. If not, Zach Charbonnet, very solid fill-in against a bad defense. Cardinals, um, you know, I still expect them to play football. So Kyler, McBride, and Connor, and we roll. We roll. Josh, coming to the queue. Dynasty question. We love the dynasty questions here. London, JSN, McBride are the rookie 106. It's half tight and premium picking in the fourth round. Um, man, rookie 106. So we're with the 106, we're talking about probably either if another quarterback sneaks into the first round. So we're, you know, maybe Phoenix or, um, uh, Jaden Daniels potentially there or Brock Bowers or neighbors. If one of them falls with, you know, with it being tied in premium, I would expect Bowers to go over neighbors. Um, so you're probably looking more at, uh, probably whatever quarterback sneaks into the fifth or, or the first round there. Um, my instinct here is McBride, believe it or not. Yeah, I probably would lean that way too. Um, I mean, it's, I probably still want JSN over the 106 if I'm being completely honest with you. Yeah, I think I'm the same. I, I can't, if you drafted him, it's like you can't quit him now. Like, he's that's where I'm at. I mean, London's in question if you wanted to get spicy, but I think McBride's the best of all those options, no doubt. Yeah, I think Drake London may, if I knew more about what Atlanta was doing after this year, I may lean London there, but I just don't. I don't know what's going on. JSN, you know, as of late, been running routes at a pretty high rate, getting some red zone targets. So he's definitely earning a role there. I think when, whenever Lockett goes, JSN is the next guy up. Clearly super talented, but for me, it's still, it goes McBride, JSN, the rookie pick, and then London. Yeah, that's a tough one. I probably would go McBride, though. Um, I've always been a fan of the profile. Mackey Award winner. Dude's a stud. I, I, I think it's really tough when I kind of look at, like, next year's my dynasty ranks. I believe I have McBride right around that four spot. Um, and he's so young, and he's probably – and most likely tied to Kyler. I do believe Kyler's spot is safe um, as a starting quarterback. The Cardinals going forward here. So I'm going McBride. Yep. Dave's coming in here with a little cut. He goes London over all of them. I think it's, I mean, London's very talented. There, There's an argument to be there. Yeah, like these are all very closely ranked assets for me. London, I just, I don't know if they're going to get a quarterback that's going to be able to consistently produce there. And the scheme needs to change drastically. Arthur Smith has to go for me to have confidence in London long-term. Get on board McBride. Yeah, we're, we're, we're Josh, we're, we're, we're going for McBride here. I mean, yep. it's, um, I believe you're you're locking in your starting tight end for the next six years with half tight end premium. So um, we are fans of McBride. Bears at the Packers. Bears are out. Packers need to win. While um, you know a loss, the Packers loss doesn't necessarily guarantee no playoffs. They still need to go all out here. You do have the Packers. This is the Bears playoff game, so just keep that in mind. Um, but the main things to note on the Packers side of the ball, they have to win this game, um, in my opinion. They just absolutely have to to secure. I believe a win secures their playoff spot. Um, yeah, any any win here secures their playoff spot. So Green Bay is going to be trying full bore here. Keep an eye on Jaden Reed. He's clearly the preferred option in this offense. We need to see an injury update and know what's really going on there. Um, so uh, if if there is no um Jaden Reed I think Bo Melton is a sneaky play there he kind of plays Reed's role when Reed isn't there Melton is a talented enough wide receiver to succeed in the role that they're asking him to play so he's a sneaky option there uh, along with Dontavian Wicks running back wise it's still the Aaron Jones show I know AJ Dillon is getting some play here or there but Aaron Jones is the guy and Jordan Love gets $500,000 if the Packers make the playoffs so Jordan Love you can bet he's going to be trying his darndest to get them into the playoffs for not only making the playoffs and whatever the playoff share ends up being but $500,000 in his own contract so Jordan Love top five quarterback option for me this week really hard to to pick any that many people over him. I don't know if I have him actually ranked as a top five guy. I got him at nine. I mean, he's a player. I got him at yeah, nine. So I'm yeah. with you. Vibe, vibes alone, top five guy for me this week. Uh, Bears, I mean, I expect them to play. Khalil Herbert seems like the guy. Um, I, I know like last offseason, there was a lot of hype around Khalil Herbert, and then like they brought in for him and they drafted Roshan. But like Khalil Herbert has proven it. I do think he's kind of a, a sneaky dynasty buy if you're hurting at running back. 
Um, not sure people are going to sell him considering how good he's been, but I do think he is worth at least a, like an early second rounder. Yeah. I think he's going to be the guy going in. Foreman's not going to be around. Roshan's change of pace. I'm here for the Khalil Herbert hype. Just a year later, Fields, obviously. I actually wanted to throw this one to you because um, you play DJ Moore. I'm playing Khalil Herbert. Play Komet if he's healthy. We know how this works. The, yep. the Bears have been straightforward all season long. But I, the, the discourse has started. I'm already tired of it, but we're going to be hearing about it until the draft. The Bears got the number one pick, but they also have Justin Fields, who I believe has proven to be a very good NFL starter. Um, and it seems as though that, you know, Chicago fan base – likes Justin Fields as mm -hmm. well so you know as, as a Bears fan you know maybe just even as an analyst like what do you expect the Bears to do in this little bit of a conundrum where it's like you have Fields you know he's good the fans like him but you also have the number one pick Caleb Williams is a very very good prospect I'm not going to say generational but he's a very good prospect and then you throw in that kind of rookie contract mm -hmm. uh, narrative which we know matters because you don't want to tie up so much cap space on a quarterback which they would the Bears would have to do with Fields soon how would you handle this? How do you think the Bears are going to handle Justin Fields going forward? Yeah, I'll start with how the I think the Bears are going to handle it. I think with everything coming out of Hallis Hall that that Matt Eberflus is staying as the head coach next year. We haven't gotten any confirmation on coordinators or anything like that, but it sounds like Matt Eberflus is going to be the head coach next year. And how much this team and Chicago's locker room truly runs off of vibes. I really do think the Bears are going to stick with Justin Fields and do whatever they can to move the first pick. Um, and, and they're going to try and stay, in my opinion, stay in the top five, try and get one of uh, MHJ or neighbors. They're going to, yeah, it's, it's what I truly feel Chicago is going to do. Knowing what I know, and you, we have to remember the analysts, people like us analyze the rookie contract situation probably more than NFL teams do especially a team like the bears they've shown they don't really care about how every other team does it they're going to do things their way and nothing is ever going to change that until we get new owners um so for me i think the bears are going to stick with them i'd probably draft caleb and try and move fields um but i i really do think the bears are going to stick with justin fields as the starter next year move the first move the first overall pick there's already talks around the league that we're going to get more than we got last year where we got you know uh, that's how we got this pick was the trade off of the one-on-one last year. And people always talk about, you can't pass on the one-on-one back-to-back. -on -one -back. Well, you passed on it last year and Justin Fields proved himself to be a solid enough NFL starter. So it's not like we were so bad that we ended up with the one-on-one. We just made that we traded with the right team. And if we're going to get more than, you know, a top 12 wide receiver in football, two first round picks, second round, pick, like if we're going to get a, a, another historical haul for the one-on-one, I really think, Ryan Poles is the type of GM to keep the culture intact that they currently have and, and go out and move that pick. I like it. I mean, I, I'm kind of in with Toronto Dave here where it's like not knocking fields, but the contract disparity is such a significant piece. But I also think that like everyone talks about Caleb Williams being a for sure thing. Right. And um, while I would agree that he is a very, very good prospect, I've seen him crumble in college. Like I, I think of the Notre Dame game, like mm. he did not look good. He was bad. Um, Notre Dame's a good team, but I mean they're they're not fielding an NFL defense by any means. So like, I, I don't I don't think I necessarily have a strong opinion on it. I do understand the contract piece, but I also like if you have a really good quarterback, why mess it up? Yeah, and, and that's truly what it feels like to me. Like the Bears over the last few weeks have shown this defense is really legit. This offense, when it just plays the game that it should play, which is take advantage of the running back talent that you have. Let Fields play ball the way he knows how to play ball. Let him take some YOLO throws, take the throws that are given to him. Like this offense can be solid and this defense, you know, they're leading football in interceptions, adding Montez Sweat, added pass rush that this team has not had all year. And once they got him, you know, we truly saw a difference in this defense. So this team is a lot closer than a lot of people probably think that they are. I think they're incentivized to try and try and make the playoffs next year with Justin Fields as the quarterback. There we have it. Moving off the Bears, Chiefs at the Chargers, absolutely meaningless game. Chiefs cannot improve their lot with a win. They've won their division, and the Chargers are eliminated. Chargers to you. Yeah. Yeah. Austin, Austin Eckler, I think, needs 110 yards from scrimmage to earn some. I, I think he has some incentives laced in there. Yeah, it's 110 receiving or rushing yards to get $100,000. He's not going to get there. I don't, I don't think they're going to try and use him like that. I think Eckler, especially being on a one-year deal, he's way more incentivized to not get hurt in this game and just be healthy going into next year. 
than he is to try and get an extra hundred thousand dollars this year, which we have to remember it's California, California taxes, hundred grand turns into 40 grand real quick. Um, so realistically, I think Austin Eckler sits here. I think Josh Kelly and Isaiah Spiller probably take the brunt of the workload. We know Easton stick is starting maybe Quentin Johnson. They're just going to force feed him the ball and see what he can do. But I'm staying away from this Chargers team if at all possible, man. I don't want to start a single piece here. And I don't want to start a single piece on the Chiefs team because it looks like there's no Pacheco, no Rasheed Rice. I doubt Kelsey plays. We already know Mahomes isn't. There's just nothing of interest here at all. Like I expect their like wide receiver sets to be like Watson or MVS or Richie James. Like I there's just nothing of interest here. Like I'm sure there'll be a player that ends up being fantasy viable for for the the Chiefs, but I, I yeah. think we can both uh say like let's just not start any players in this game yeah it sounds like tony might be operating as like the wide receiver one in this game so you know we know how that goes if you're desperate he could score a touchdown somehow he may fumble the ball seven times and drop it four more but it's there's a possibility there's a possibility it's an end around run for a touchdown for sure um talking about another kind of useless game here the broncos at the raiders uh both eliminated this one's for funsies you got the raiders Austin Hooper has played exactly 51% of their snaps and has to play 51% of their snaps to get an extra $125,000. So he's probably going to be on the field quite a bit as he has been anyway, because Michael Mayer has been hurt. But uh, yeah. Uh, I kind of like Michael Mayer as a buy in Dharma Dynasty here. I oh, think 100%. Michael Mayer is, is a buy. He's a stud. Um, didn't really necessarily come to fruition this year, but the, when he was healthy, there's definitely some games where we saw like, all right, this guy can play some football. So, um, if you can move a second, um, I would move, I mean, frankly, I would probably move the two Oh one for Michael Mayer. Um, if I was playing a tight end premium, I'd probably move yeah. the mid second for Michael Mayer. If it wasn't tight end premium, I, I do think he's worth that step. Yeah, pretty easily. I would agree with you there. Um, I actually think pretty much every piece of the Raiders offense, like the key pieces are buys. I think Josh Jacobs is a buy. I think um, Devonte Adams is a buy. Jacoby Myers as well. These guys performed fairly decent with Aiden O'Connell at quarterback, who I don't think is going to be the starting quarterback next year. I, they're yep. going to they're gonna go and get a vet. Not him. Not yeah. him. They're going to get a vet in free agency. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Russ is the starting quarterback there next year. They're, they're going to have a different quarterback. So I want the pieces here. But yeah, uh, this week, really not trying to play anybody. Bronco side, I'm just no. Nothing with no. Stidham. There's yep. nothing here. I mean, Jerry Judy, I think the time has gone and passed. He's done. We're not interested at all. I've been like that for years. I know some people were optimistic going into the season. It's just not happening. When you can't command a target share, when you're going up against um, little Jordan Humphrey and uh, Brandon Johnson, um, Johnson my guy, Judy's dead. Yeah, Judy, Judy, very dead. Uh, you know, I'll respect him. Hope he does well in his life. But I think um, Steve Smith uh, flamed him on on one of the, the <laughs> one of the sidelines a while yep. ago, and I think he was right. Pretty mid. He was. He was um, very right. I do. I do think Javante Williams is. I'm not. I don't like starting any of them, but I do think he has a buy. You know, as we kind of worked our way down the season, he started to get more work. He started to look better. Do I think he's going to be a top twelve running back? As I think some people wanted him to be. I am unsure. But if people are low on Javante Smith, uh, Javante Williams, I do believe that Javante can be an RB2 next year. I think he's worth testing the water to see what he's worth. Yeah, I probably prefer Javante over just about every one of the running backs coming out in this class. That being said, that says more about this class for me than it does Javante Williams. I've never been a Javante guy, never will be a Javante guy. But, but the price is low. If the, Yeah, exactly. With the price this low, I might be in. Eagles at the Giants. Uh, the Eagles will need a win and a Dallas loss to go from the five to the two seed, but they also play at the same time, which is problematic. I mean, if Dallas ends up pulling away, keep in mind Dallas is playing the Commanders. We could see the Eagles decide to to sit uh, some starters if they're up to a lot, a lot of kind of moving pieces as it's going to be happening in real time. Um, but regardless, the Eagles do need to start um, with their starters and play like they need to win. Giants, though, to you, Darius Slayton, if he catches one football. He gets two and a half million dollars. What? That's nuts. Two and a half million dollar bonus for one catch. Realistically, he's probably uh, he's probably a start option this week, given how many meaningless games are. And with that incentive just being there, he's gotten big touchdowns with Tyrod Taylor, who's going to be the starting quarterback here. I'm cool starting Tyrod. I'm cool starting Slayton. I don't expect Saquon to play a ton. 
Um, so realistically, running back wise, I'm, I'm kind of staying away from this team. But I think you can get away with starting Darius Slayton this week, especially if you're chasing. You need some upside. If you're in like a two week playoff and you're down by a ton right now, there's a Slayton could go three for 89 and touchdown, get himself two and a half million dollars and win you a championship. Eagles, like you start the guy, you start Goddard. I don't, I, you start AJB, you start Swift, you start Hertz. Um, I think Hertz is currently tied with Josh Allen right now for most uh, TD rushes for a quarterback. You might want to try to do that again. Tush, tush push might be going away next year. We could see some tush push action for the last time. So, I mean, I like all the guys. I, I do think there's a little bit of caution where we're like, do they pull their starters if Dallas is crushing the commanders? It's possible, but I think you still have to run into this game uh, like they're going to be playing like they should. Um, Devonta Smith, I believe, hurt his ankle, so we don't know exactly what's going to happen there, so we have to play that by ear. We do have a question in the chat here. Clinton, what's up, Clinton? Good to see you back. Buy low on Smith and Waddle. Both are still expensive, but both feel more disappointing than year that if they were in the last reverse. Yeah, I, I think they're both a buy. I think Waddle 100%. and Devonta Smith's um, value is depressed. I do think they're both kind of like – I wouldn't – do I say fringe wide receiver ones in Dynasty? Does that feel a little bit too low? I don't think so, but I do think that they're both going to be solid buys as I do like the outlook of both these teams going forward. And if someone has a sour taste in their mouth for how they – performed this year as it was not up to expectation they are buys yeah it, i i would agree with you there. really easy to to like both of those guys never going to be the ones on their teams as they currently stand but we've seen multiple wide receivers break into the top 24 and top uh 12 even on the same team so yeah. definitely definitely interested in both of those guys this offseason yeah, I mean, like, there's there's a world where, um, you know, for example, maybe it's a little too specific, but you know, if if Marvin Harrison Jr. is off off the the board, you're sitting there in the mid to early, like, you know, 104, 5, 106, 107 on the clock. I would move those picks for either Smith or Waddle, no problem, right? And I admit, mm -hmm. maybe that sounds a little far fetched in the moment, but I you got to remember that the the value of the pick only goes up until you're on the clock. Um, I've seen some people make some pretty wild moves um, for a pick while on the clock. So um, I do think Smith and Waddle are buys as everyone's trying to collect picks. Those are two guys to go after. Definitely. Tell Skyler he's slacking. Skyler's slacking. Skyler's in the chat. First time listener. Good to see you, Skyler. Tell Manny he can't tell me nothing. I'm not telling Manny that. Manny's great. Good to see you, Manny. How many RBs would you hold – over being offered a 110 plus 210. This is a very specific answer, Skylar. Um, how many RBs would I hold? I don't even know where to start with you right now, man. A lot, probably. I mean, not a ton, probably less than I think, but probably I'm trying to like, you're gonna make me pull up my dynasty ranks. Right yeah, now, I, be completely I, honest with you. I pulled up mine. You would probably have to get me past where I have Kenneth Walker, which is RB14. So probably like if I have a top 14 running back, I'm probably not moving them for that. But 15 and on, I'm probably taking that offer. Yeah, I mean, that's like I'd, I would take I would move Ramondre for that. I would move Javante for that. Um, yeah, like my running backs right after. So my four, my 15 through 20 are Swift, Stevenson, Eckler, Henry, Javante and Brian Robinson. Yeah, that's 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 very fair. That's very fair. Yeah, I'd, I'd move all those guys for the, for that offer. Are we ready to put Bowers and Harrison both top 10 in the position right away? Bowers, probably. Harrison, uh, I that's tough. I have a really tough time putting rookie wide receivers that high right off the bank. Like, if we're like saying that we're going to put Mar Marvin Harrison in the top 10, it's like, you know, he's in that because, like, we're talking like what? Probably in Dynasty, probably Tyreek, uh, Alave, Devonta Smith. I, he he's he, he he's probably right around that 10 range for me i mean, you know he's pretty damn talented but i'd also tend to lean towards the sure things but top 12 feels a lot better for harrison but bowers i, I could slide him in there i've seen him play i'm here for it yeah just looking at my ranks right now um top 10 out of uh, probably out of reach in my opinion um, I'd probably, as it stands right now, probably slot him in right around 13, 14. Um, if he gets a great landing spot where I know he's the smash wide receiver one has a quarterback, probably going to push up to, you know, that 10 range, but just off talent alone, I, I feel comfortable putting him like 13, 14. What about 14? Yeah, Nate, we're definitely top 14 sounds right. I think what he's asking there is the 14 running backs that I wouldn't take that offer oh, for, and I can yeah. run through them quick. Bijan, Gibbs, Brees, CMC. Taylor, Etienne, Barkley, Kyron, Jacobs, Achan, White, 
And then it starts, it actually probably starts to become a conversation on these guys with Pollard, James Cook, and Kenneth Walker. I'll take Kenneth Walker over that for sure. But um, that's the range. That's the range. Let's jump back in. We are to the Rams and the Niners. Fairly unimportant game. Um, both teams locked in a playoff spot. The 49ers are absolutely locked in the first spot. They are not playing their starters at all. Yep. The Rams, I mean, it's kind of like they either the six or the seven seed. Does it really matter? I'm not sure. Either way, the Rams um, are resting some starters, so they clearly do not care if they're the six or the seven seed. So, again, unimportant game. Niners to you. Jordan Mason, top five running back on the week. Let's go. I'm with you. I'm with Let's you, ride. dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I, can't, I mean, Elijah Mitchell's been missing with an illness. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this just speaks to, like, how important the backup running backs are, in, even in redraft, but in dynasty as yep. well. Because CMC's out, and all of a sudden we're talking about CMC's backup being a top five fantasy asset for the week. So I, I do believe that getting those Elijah Mitchells and getting those Jordan Masons is like a throw-in in a trade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, it's a little fishy when you try to trade for them straight up. Like, oh, give me, I'll give you a third for these two or one of these guys, right? I think people are kind of like, what do you, what's your angle here? And they kind of realize it. But if you can get them as a throw-in in something, absolutely right. And I would take Jordan Mason or Elijah Mitchell for like a mid to late third pretty easily. Yeah. Past that, though, uh, he's probably the only guy I want to start here. I don't really have any interest in in starting Ross Dwelly. He was a DN, uh, do not practice on Wednesday. Wide receiver wise, Juwan Jennings is maybe the next guy up after Ayuk and Debo, neither of whom have incentives to hit, but he has a concussion. He was a limited practice. Danny Gray is on the injury report. Ray Ray McLeod's on the injury report. So like, I'm starting Jordan Mason here, and, and that's it. That's all I'm doing. Maybe Sam Darnold if I'm desperate, just because I know he can he can run a touchdown in we've seen him do it um yeah i mean it's rams they're they're resting ronnie rivers would be my player that i would talk about here i mean all right i guess we can we can talk about puka nakua um one because he just needs four catches 29 yards to break the rookie records i think puka plays and gets that and gets pulled 100%. so i don't nec- i don't think puka is worth really a start here because i i do believe they pull him as soon as he hits those those marks um, Ronnie Rivers is kind of be like the one player that I'm like, I think he could get some looks as Kyron does not play. Um, speaking of Puka, Jimmy Jets, welcome back. Tell me why I should not have Puka as a top eight dynasty wide receiver and a round two pick in redrafts next year. Um, I can't. Tough, I can't really. I mean, he's he's a, he's 10 for me right now, so like same range, not that concerned. Um, you know, he kind of falls in that like Waddle, Olave, Devonta Smith range. Um, but again, like I don't care about his draft capital anymore. The dude's an absolute certified stud. If you have him as a top eight dynasty wide receiver, I have no concerns. The guys that I like will have over him for sure, like J. Jeff, Chase, Lamb, A.J. Brown, Amon Ra, probably Garrett Wilson, if I'm being completely honest with you. But after that, there is a argument for Puka. Yeah, I've got him at six. I, I'm very, very up on the Puka train this year. I've got him in a tier with A.J. Brown, Amon Ra, Puka, uh, Garrett Wilson, and then Tyreek Hill are, are kind of a tier of guys for me. So I uh, I'm fully there. I'm going to be taking Puka so high in drafts next year. Um, and yeah, Puka is 100% getting that. Also, an incentive to note in that game, Tyler Higby, if you can bet on him getting five receiving yards or more, I would do it because if he, he gets $125,000 if he gets five receiving yards. Ricardo, what's up, Ricardo? Are we buying James Conner, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones for late seconds or two-thirds? I mean, generally, like I am, right? Yeah. I, I tend to lean into this this notion of this feeling that like older players are complete dust in dynasty. Um, I would buy all these players for two thirds. No Same. questions asked in late seconds. If I'm being honest, I know Joe, Joe Mixon has an out in this contract, but I also think Joe Mixon has played really well. I mean, I believe he finishes the RB seven this year. Um, Aaron Jones has another out this year, but they're not going to roll AJ Dillon out as their starter. I do think Aaron Jones ends up sticking around and James Conner. I'm done doubting the dude. I would, I would easily move two thirds for all three of these guys for sure. I think this is kind of one of the edges in, in dynasty is where people see these, you know, quote unquote, dusty, dusty players, dusty running backs. And they just like one out for whatever they can, you know, I'm not buying these guys for first, but late seconds and two thirds, uh, your odds are pretty low anyways. And I do think all three of these guys could produce in 2024 quite easily. Yeah. Everybody's talking about the Joe Mixon potential out in the contract. It saves them like $5 million. And they have 70 million in cap space as it currently stands. Joe Mixon's going to still be the starting running back for that team next year, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you on that. With you on that. Moving forward. Cowboys at the Commanders. Um, 
Commanders are eliminated. Are eliminated. Uh, Cowboys, you know, they can win the NFC East and secure the number two seed with a win, which, as they are 13-point favorites, um, they probably will. I, the Cowboys got to play. They're going to be playing all their starters. Things are good. But you got the Commanders. Is there any hope here? What are we doing? You can I, – probably not. There's no incentives of note. There's nobody that gets, like, any special bonuses from playing here. Sam Howell may be playing for his job next year. Something to keep in mind, depending on how this draft capital falls. Um, as I think as it currently stands, the commanders would probably have to trade up, if I'm not mistaken, to get one of the top two quarterbacks in this draft. So realistically... They could, couldn't I? I'm with you where it's like they might have to. Yeah, so as it currently stands, even with a loss in this game, it takes a few things to go right for them to fall into Drake May. So maybe Sam Howell's playing for his job. Maybe we see him step back up a little bit. Running back-wise, nothing of interest here. Um, I just, yeah, I, I want to stay away from this team. It's really how it boils down for me. I don't want to start any option here. There's no benefit to Terry McLaurin playing and going off. There's no benefit to having Jahan Dotson play and potentially get hurt. Like, there's just nothing that I want here. Yep. Fair enough. Cowboys, you start the guys. You got to Pollard, um, Jake Ferguson, CD Dak. I think Brandon cooks is viable. Just again, with like the games that don't matter, players aren't playing. Brandon cooks does kind of find himself. He does find himself in my top 30. So Brandon cooks absolutely worth a shot. And if they pull starters, they, I don't think they had pull cooks. Um, I think they would just pull CD lamb in terms of the wide receivers. Agreed. Um, in the chat here, Twitter bomb. Skyler and Tyler put me in a McBride this summer. Happy to do it. Happy to help. I should um, be included in that, okay? I might have been the biggest Trey McBride <laughs> guy in the face of the earth. I want another win like that. Am I right to think Michael Mayer is the same type of guy for next year? If so, what's the dynasty price? We we actually touched on this. Like, Do I think he's the same type of player? I don't know if he's got the same exact ceiling, but I am buying Michael Mayer for mm -hmm. mid-seconds. No problem. I think if you're you're sitting on the clock, 204, 205, 206, um, or you have that even shooting that over for Michael Mayer is worth a shot. Yep. I would agree. I don't, he's not going to be Trey McBride. Trey McBride. We knew was a stud as a receiver in college. I mean, the guy had the highest, I think the highest college dominator ever um, from a tight end. Um, so we knew this guy was a receiving stud. Michael Mayer, I think is a little bit more of a well-rounded tight end. And as a result is going to play a little bit more of that traditional role where he's going to be blocking some, he's going to be used on more of the, I don't want to say gimmicky stuff, but he's going to have more of a like sit in zones, get open kind of role. So the ceiling isn't the same, but you know, we're talking like a Cole Komet level guy, like could put up some solid production here and there. I'm definitely interested mid second price. Final game, Bills at the Dolphins. Buffalo can win the division and secure the two, two seed with the win against Miami. They could also fall out of the playoffs. Possible to follow the playoffs with a loss. The Dolphins can't follow the playoffs, but they can drop from a two to a six seed, which is fairly significant. Basically what this means is, and I also want to mention that if the Dolphins lose this game, they fall to that six seed and they would be playing Kansas City on the road. So final game of the slate, final game of the year, regular season. Massive implications for both teams. I expect a huge game here. Dolphins to you. Yeah, you start the guys. Uh, both of these teams have a huge incentive to win here. Devin Achan sounds like he's probably going to be the lead back again. Um, if Mostert is active, you start both of them. Both of those guys are the main two rushers in that offense. Waddle's healthy, you play him. Tyreek, you play him. Tua, based on the rest of the league, you're probably playing him. Like you are just firing these guys up. Most of the incentives on the Dolphins are defense related. In fact, I think one of them is Bradley Chubb, who just tore his ACL in a meaningless. Tyreek got the regular season record. It's like 240 something, right? I yeah. Yeah. It's probably not that it's out of reach. Like it's Tyreek Hill, but I mean, they could go for it still. Yeah. They could definitely just try and give Tyreek 15 catches and to try and break that record. Um, but so they're going to do that anyways, because that's how they win. So. Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. just their, that's just the dolphins offense. So you're just playing the guys here. You're staying the course. Hopefully your roster has quite a few of these guys on it so that you can make this week 18 matchup matter a little bit. Bills. I mean, same thing. Um, I, I'm probably not looking Dalton Kincaid's way because it's been pretty grim. I do think, you know, it's, it's tough because it's not been great with Knox around Knox is going to be around next year. Kincaid, um, still great. I don't think he's necessarily a buy because I think he's probably too expensive. But obviously, James Cook, um, still a start. He gets a good amount of volume. Um, Diggs, I wouldn't be shocked to see Diggs have a blow-up game here finally when it doesn't matter. Yep. Josh Allen, as I mentioned before, he's tied with Hurts for the most single-season record for rushing TDs. Um, no, no real surprises here. We just start the guys in the Bills. This should be a great game regardless. 
Yeah, and the Bills defense has probably the most incentives amongst football this year um, for this Week 18 matchup. Leonard Floyd can receive up to two million in sack bonuses if he uh, passes. If he gets two and a half sacks in this game, he basically gets two million dollars. Um, so just something to keep in mind. Jordan Poyer is going to be active and playing basically every snap. He's currently at exactly ninety percent. If he plays ninety percent on the year, gets two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And Micah Hyde, if he gets another interception, he gets two fifty. If he gets two interceptions, he gets three hundred. So these guys are going to be playing and they're going to be trying. And two has been turning the ball over a little bit recently. So Bill's defense might be a play here. Twitter bombs coming back, giving you your flowers here. It is true that you like McBride on the KTC too. Facts. Facts. Big Appreciate facts. It. Love you, Twitter bomb. Twitter bomb. Are you are you more worried about Diggs or Kelsey moving forward? Because I'm curious on a take uh take on Diggs more because I might think he I might buy, but not sure how. So so I am worried about Kelsey for sure. Um, he's in a spot where it's like there's really no one else to throw the ball to, and he still cannot produce. Could be the excuse that there's you know they just cover Kelsey and they can't get to him. But I have pretty decent concerns about Kelsey moving forward. Diggs, um, I, I have a lot less concerns. I, I do yeah. think he's going to be fine. Yeah, um, I, Diggs is definitely a buy. You get him for a first, absolutely. Go ahead and do it. Yeah, late first. Like I've been saying probably all year, we need to consider late firsts as like. Yes, they're still premium picks, quote unquote, but those late first, I'd much rather turn those into guys that I know are productive than take the dart throws. Every class, we see a tear break after like the eighth or ninth guy off the board um, to guys where we start basically just taking our favorite of the dart throws, like which dart throw we think is going to have the most upside. I'd rather just take the guy. So if I can move like 110, 11 or 12 for digs, I'm doing that in a heartbeat. All right, that does it. Weekly preview, crushing the competition, week 18, folks. We've made it through the full season. Jake and I have done 18 of these. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you to those who have tuned in live. Thank you to those who tuned in not live. Thanks for listening in. Uh, we really pre appreciate each and every single one of you. For the last time, Jake, where do they find your work? Where do they find you on Twitter? Yep, you can find me on Twitter at Perry underscore FF. All of my fantasy content is here through JWB. So make sure you subscribe and like the videos as well as follow us on Twitter at JWB underscore FF. And then my personal podcast is Two Average Husbands, which you can find on all major streaming platforms. And you can find me on Twitter at FF Tyler o. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later.